Hello, and welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and I know that you've heard this before, but this podcast is about constantly evolving and being open to those failures and then failing forward so that you can get to the desired result. Now, today I have an amazing guest. Um, her name is Caroline Assey, and I met her through networking online. You've heard me talk about that before. But the significance of her interview is that a few years ago, she transitioned from being a professional to being an entrepreneur. And today she's going to talk about that transition in particular and some of the unexpected curveballs that she encountered. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about her um, because she's pretty awesome. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Aside from transitioning from professional to entrepreneur, Carolina lives in Poland. And from there, she writes words that turn into clicks, conversions, and customers. She's a copywriter and a content writer. Now, your business needs the verbal equivalent of a race car, copy that speeds past the competition and propels customers to take action. Writing high converting Copy isn't a guessing game. It comes down to choosing strategic words filled with psychological triggers that influence people's buying decisions. And that's what she does. Carolina writes psychology driven and brand led copy to help businesses convert leads into customers. She doesn't only craft hypnotizing copy infused with your brand personality, skill for persuasion, and emotional triggers. She also closes the gap between how you want to present your brand and what your customers want to hear. Her experience taught her a huge lesson, and that's what I want you guys to hear about today. Self-awareness is a must. Stepping into your destiny can feel overwhelming and scary, but after listening to this episode and the advice being given, you'll see just how rewarding it can be when you put the BU in your business. Now let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and I'm so happy that you are joining me today. Subscribe if a CEO mindset is something you want to obtain and you want to find the intersection where your work and life coexist. The sky is the limit when you're clear about your value, consistent in the way you share said value, and you're upfront and honest about who you are while sharing it. There are so many examples to follow and learn from. Let's get into today's, shall we? Okay, guys, you just heard that amazing intro for my next guest, Miss Caroline. Ossie, is it Ossie or Assie Caroline? Carolina? Assie. Okay, so you just heard that amazing bio that we just shared with you about her. She's fantastic. But as you know, during this series, I'm asking all of my guests to tell me something a little bit different, something that wasn't in their bio that we might be surprised by. So in addition to welcoming you to the show, Carolina, so welcome. I also want to ask you, tell me a little bit about yourself that was not in that bio. Okay, so I think that one interesting fact that people don't know about me And it contrasts a lot with the fact that I'm a copywriter and a content writer and a writer in general, because (laughs) I'm also in the process of writing my first novel. I actually studied applied mathematics at a technical university. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. When I was young, when I was a teenager, I was very much a numbers girl. Um, And 
it led me to pursue a career in applied mathematics with specialization in financial math. So that's oh, wow. sort of... I bet yeah, you that's a whole nother podcast we can do. That's a whole nother podcast we could do on helping us with our finances. But as it stands, we are going to be talking about the transitioning from a nine to five to entrepreneurship and the systems and things that, and all of the things that that entails that we may not know, but need to know in order for it to be done effectively and efficiently. So we're going to be talking about that in the podcast today. But before I even get to that, let me just say we have that in common. I also was a numbers girl. And my first year in college, I was an industrial engineer major because my entire family was like, you should be an engineer. You know, you love math and they don't have a lot of women in the industry and you're a black female and that's rare too in the industry. So you should do that. And so I go to school my freshman year because of all of these things people are telling me and I hated it. Absolutely hated industrial engineering, even though I love math. But you tell me, the reason that I love math so much is because it's it's definitive. It's like one plus one will forever be two. You are not ever going to be able to change that. In addition to that, there is critical and logical thinking necessary in order for you to, to um, solve problems. And I think that is so applicable to life. Like there is an order to things. And if you get the order right, the answer nine times out of 10 will be right. So that's the other reason that I love math. What about you? I think that when I transitioned into copywriting, I realized that the reason why I liked math so much is because it is very analytical and logical problem solving skills, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So aside from the numbers is the structure and the Mm -hmm. analysis and Mm -hmm. When it comes to copywriting with using words to to have a certain outcome, right? To provoke people to do certain things Mm -hmm. or even content writing, when you want to convey a message or when you want to tell a story, you need to analyze which words to use to structure them properly so that you get the outcome that you want. And I've never seen that connection before until I've got like, some experience in copywriting Mm -hmm. and realize that. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Before we started the podcast, you know, I was asking you like at the end, let's talk about how we can work together because I do have some copywriting needs. And the thing that I was kind of, my eyes were open to is kind of the same thing that you're talking about in that when I approach writing the copy myself, it was, there has to be a formula. There has to be a formula for this to turn out the way I needed to turn out. And there is a formula. So copywriting in some essence is mathematical. It is like, because you have the formulas and if you use the right formula, like you said, you analyze the right words and you put things in the right order, your outcome is nine times out of 10 going to be what it is you want it to be. Obviously there's a little psychology in there as well, But for the most part, psychology is just a part of the formula. So I love that. I love that. Yes. See, listen listen to us having a whole conversation about copywriting. We haven't even started yet. (laughs) Okay. So let's get down to these questions because Mm -hmm. I love your story. You know, you know and can share with us what it looks like and feels like to transition 
from a nine to five to entrepreneurship. And I wanted this to be on in this series because so many people, in addition to needing to understand who they are and how to leverage that person that they discover to achieve their goals, it's important for them to understand the importance of really knowing who you are so that when you go from this nine to five, you have realized, you know what, this isn't exactly how I wanted to apply my superpower. So I need to figure out how I want to really show up in the world. And sometimes that means leaving that nine to five and monetizing the passion that you have, that you really feel good about doing. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this because I think there is a fear that because something comes easy to you or because it's something that you love so much and that you don't feel like is work, you are afraid that it can't make you money because it's so easy to you, right? And that mm-hmm. it must be easy to other people. So I can't quit my job because exactly. who's going to buy this thing yes. from me? Because everybody should be able to do this. This is so simple, right? So um, I wanted to ask this question I want to ask you is, I want you to tell us a little bit about the transition and your passion and how you came to the conclusion that you could monetize it and it was time for you to leave your job. So share that story with us. So actually the story goes way back because we'll for me, start at the beginning, girl. Start at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For me, it's been a long winding road, right? Is that I always knew that I wanted to do something online, that I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was always passionate about languages. So I started by teaching English as a, an ESL teacher. And that led me to work at a high school um, in the Dominican Republic. And when I stumbled upon writing that was during the pandemic when we were giving classes online right from home and I felt like I needed to do something different because it was just so overwhelming for me to be giving classes every day even though I loved teaching but school it just wasn't my environment I think Mm -hmm. and I decided that with all the things that I've tried online, I've tried so many things. I've tried coaching. I tried opening a store on Etsy. I tried drop shipping. I tried so many things and none of those things worked. So I tried, I even tried logo design. It didn't work as well. And one thing I said, well, the common denominator in all of the things that I that I did online was that what I enjoyed the most was creating content and writing content for my blogs or for social media. So I figured out that maybe I could do it for other people and I opened up an Upwork account. But when I did that, I set the Upwork account as a content writer for offering blog articles to people. And I did that thinking that no one was going to pay for it. I was 100% sure. I opened the account with the thought, no one's going to pay for it anyway, but let me try. Well, 
I found the first client within the first two or three weeks. And then it spiraled from there. It started snowballing. I started getting more clients for content writing. Then I transitioned into copywriting. And now it's a full-time business and it replaced the income that I was earning at the high school in, in the Dominican Republic. And that's, I even left the job before I got to the level where it replaced my salary because I knew that since it was going so well and it was progressing, I knew that it was going to happen eventually. And I didn't see the need to continue in a job that I didn't enjoy. So that's how I got started. I love that story. And what I really like that you said, you use the words common denominator. And I think that kind of plays into what I was saying earlier about we have these skill sets and these things that just come so easy to us and we just love them. And we never really whittled it, whittled down to the common denominator of everything that we've done. Yeah. And so when inside my program, Project CEO, one of the things we talk about is a style thread. And that's basically what I'm saying is that we just need to whittle things down to a point where we see this line that runs through our life and it has touched every area of our life without us really being able to recognize the similarity in each of those situations. But the common denominator, like you said, I mean, you you went from being a mathematician, let's just say, let's just call it that, to, you know, saying, I'm going to teach. Okay, so I'll teach this thing. I'll go to the Dominican and I'll teach. And then you like, okay, well, I'll just write some copy for some people. I'll write some content. And it blew up. You did not think it was going to, but it did. And again, it was one of those things that you did well. It came you know, easily for you. And you did not think people would pay for it. And here you are having replaced your entire income, you know? And so that leads me into my next question, because as a society, some of us have been conditioned to do as we see others doing or feel we have to follow um, a societal norm. And I think that that's another reason why we don't step out on faith and do the thing that we were put on this earth to do because we think that it's outside of the norm of society and we're afraid to be our own person. But what is your experience making the transition from your career to entrepreneurship in terms of the mindset shift that you had to adopt and what were, well, the mindset shift actually to be effective and efficient because that's important. Like you can change your mindset and say, I want to go from being uh, a professional to being an entrepreneur, but there has to also be some level of shifting of mindset to make that work, to make it work for your life and where you are at that particular point in time. So I want to know a little bit about that, that mindset shift. And then I also want to know a little bit about the fears that maybe you felt when you were jumping off the cliff, you know, you said that you left the job before you actually replaced your income, but you knew that you were onto something, but there had to be some level of trepidation there. And then also we talked about a little bit of your limiting beliefs, but share a little bit more about that as well. And you have the questions in front of you because I know that I kind of rattled them off a little bit quickly, <laughs> but just so if you're listening, she's got the questions. So you 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 kind of know where I'm going with that. So go ahead, let us know. Yes. So when it comes to the limiting beliefs and the fears, 
that come with that transition. There were many, right? But I think the most, the most important one for me that I had to overcome was learning how to tr trust my own judgments. Because Ooh. when you work at a nine to five, right? You always have, a, um, um, unless you're the boss of the bosses, right? You always have someone who can validate your work, who can tell you what to do when you're stuck, who can help you correct your mistakes or who can like pinpoint what you were doing wrong and how you can improve. But when you transition to being an entrepreneur and to being a freelancer, doing your own thing, there is no one to tell you how to do things. And oh, sure. especially with writing, since it was something that came so naturally to me, I actually had no ability to judge my own work. Like I didn't know how good or how bad it was. So when I first started and people started paying me for it and people were happy with the results that they got, it was very hard for me to believe that I actually know what I'm doing. I get and, it. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and also that goes to the, the, the craft itself, right? The, the writing, but it also goes to like running the business. Right? I didn't know how to run a business. I had to learn everything by myself. And it took a while for me to structure everything and to learn what was my way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Instead That's of so good. following what the people are saying, right? That you should do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Um, I love this. This statement that you made, it really does roll up my feelings when I started my business as well. And I didn't know how to put words to it, but this is exactly right. When you work for someone, they, you, you have someone who can validate your work. That's, that was key. Like there's someone to validate your work when you work for someone else, because there's a boss and they've got instructions that they're having to follow. There are guidelines that the company itself has set that you have to stay within when you're doing your work, your responsibilities fall into a small segment of the overall, you know, success of that department. But when you are your own boss, there is no one to validate your work. And exactly. the fear associated with that is huge because now you're putting yourself out there and you are what's standing between your success and your failure. And so the fear for sure, I can definitely see that. And I have felt that myself is that the fear that, okay, I'm going to do this copy for somebody, but what if they don't like it, you know, and I've done all this stuff and how are they going to react? And, you know, what if they want their money back and I already paid my rent, you know, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> something like that, you know? And so I love how you put this. They, they, your bosses validated your work. But as an entrepreneur, you don't always have a way to know whether or not your work is good or there's really no one to validate it until your client says that it's good. And the thing with that is that some clients will say it's great. And then some clients might look at it and you did the exact same thing and they not, and they don't like it. So it's kind of like so subjective, <laughs> you know, this, this liking situation. I love that. So how did you overcome that though? Have you overcome that, those feelings of 
fear and limiting beliefs because I think that plays into the mindset that you had to shift in order to to continue going. I think I've overcome the big a big part of it, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as a freelancer and as a copywriter, I deal with different challenges mm-hmm. because there are different clients, different businesses, different needs, right? And especially if I want to grow and I want to start taking more ambitious projects and bigger projects, then that fear comes in again, right? Mm-hmm. What if I am not able to do this project, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I know what I'm doing. I've learned that I've already had that validation through all the experience that I've had. Um, and I know the principles of copywriting, right? I know that I'm doing good work. So there may be some things that are still challenging where I, in some moments where I doubt myself, whether I'm able to, to do this the right way, whether I'm able to deliver good work, but eventually what you do is you just try your best, right? You just do your best and apply the feedback that you were given, if any. Yes. And okay, so I I love everything you're saying because it plays right into the point of my program because what you're what you're talking about is what I call circumstances for optimal success. You know what your value is, you know what you know and you know what you do well, and so you set yourself up using the things that you know you need to do and be your best, i.e. the the principles that you use are there for copywriting and you know those principles well. You, well, you understand how it all is supposed to go together, but you also know your talent and your skill and your ability to write. So even when those larger projects come up that you have a little bit of fear about, you're able to set yourself up to do and be your best, in, even in those fearful situations. And so to me, this is kind of how I like to use the circumstances for optimal success. If I set myself up to do and be my best, regardless of the outcome, I know that I gave it my all. So if it doesn't work out, if they aren't pleased, if something doesn't go the way I really wanted it to go, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I gave it my all. I put in the work. I did my best. And so obviously, whatever that outcome is, was meant to be. And I'll just have to, I can accept it a lot easier versus going into it half cocked, you know, not knowing, you're not having done your work, just kind of trying to wing it, mm-hmm. not knowing your word. In, in that instance, if things don't go well, then there are some questions like, okay, could I have done something a little bit differently? Should I have read that book on copywriting? Should I have taken that class? You know what I'm saying? But when you have done the work and you're confident in your superpower, it's easier to, to create those circumstances for optimal success and walk into situations knowing that no matter the outcome, you came prepared as best you could. Exactly. And you need to go step by step, right? So if you Mm -hmm. always stay at the same level, because that's the level that you feel comfortable with, you're never going to grow. So if you want to start taking more ambitious projects, if you want to work with bigger clients, if you want to charge more money for what you're doing, you need to get out of your comfort zone. And that is always, always related to fear, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. always feel afraid when you leave your comfort zone, even if it's just a little bit. You always have the doubt of, you know, whether 
I am going to be capable of nailing this project or this client or whatever it is. But you do it because that's the only way to grow. Absolutely. And that brings me to my next question, because I want to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they decide to go from their career, this nine to five to their this entrepreneurial life and monetizing their passion. And you just spoke of one that, you know, we want to stay in our comfort zone. That's a huge um, mistake. And I have to admit and be fully transparent that I recently made this exact same mistake in that I know what needs to be done in terms of marketing strategy. That is my jam. I love it so much. I love strategy, but I kind of had a little bit of a fear about putting money into ads, right? Or to paying like for certain things. Cause I was like, I don't want to spend this money and I don't get the return. And then, you know, then I'm out this money, but the thing is, I know what I'm doing. So there really is no reason to be afraid if I do what I know to do and show up as my best self, regardless of the outcome. You know, I'm just kind of talking to myself at the moment because I had to say that to myself because I had these feelings of if I want to get to the next level, I've got to be willing to take the risk and to do the thing and to grow and be uncomfortable. And so that's that's a great first one that you said. But do you have any other advice? Like, what are some of the other mistakes that that we can listen to, um, maybe try to overcome in order for us to make this transition? I I'm not sure if this will be accurate for everyone. I assume so because this was what I went through, and I know a couple of other people who did. Also, it is expecting the results to come too soon. I feel like this comes from, you know, comparing yourself to other people who are where you want to be and seeing what they are doing, seeing the successes that they are having, the money that they are making, the clients that they are working with. And you compare yourself to these people and you wonder like why it took them a year to start making, I don't know, six figures. And I am still here, you know, struggling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But eventually it, it comes down to realizing that you don't know what's going on behind the surface. Exactly. Right? You don't know if this person has maybe 20 years of experience that they are not showing, like you don't know about it. Or maybe they started three failed businesses before they managed to have success in this business that Mm -hmm. they are running now in one year right so I think a lot of people or well at least the people that I've been in touch with we expect to see results too soon we expect results to you know snowball Mm -hmm. it's not always accurate for everyone it may happen right it may Mm -hmm. happen There is a possibility that you can grow your business to six figures in three months, right? But it doesn't happen to everybody. And you have to be patient. I've learned that it's better to go slow and steady Mm -hmm. to expect big things in a short span of time and then become frustrated because you're not seeing those results, right? So I learned that in order to become successful, you have to go step by step. And every step of progress that you make is already a success in its own way. Exactly. That is so true. And one of the things 
I found, and, and it's so true of like what you were saying about your circle as well, is we we think that because we have this great idea that we we're going to monetize it, that is going to make us money right away. Like you said, we think we, the expectation is that it's just going to be so soon. But what I found, at least in myself, is it took me a while to really understand the best use of my superpower, right? Like I did several things prior to landing on where I am now, where I feel like I was really meant to be, but everything that I did leading up to this point contributed to my ability to be so good at what I'm doing now. But at each stage of the game, I felt that I should have been successful. You know, like you said, I thought that success would come if I did this thing. Because it's each individual thing that I've done, I've been like, I started off doing strategies for nonprofits and having my own business. And then I did strategies for um, like private companies, marketing strategies. And then I had children and I ended up moving to, uh, I got my cosmetology license. And then I ended up having to move to a city that I didn't want to go to. So I started a babysitting agency and then I started selling jewelry. And then I moved back to where, I mean, these, these things. But when I sat back and I looked at the common denominator, going back to what you said earlier, there was a common denominator there that was present through everything I did. And it was to make people look and feel their best so that they could attract the people that they were trying to attract or to attract the success that they were trying to attract. And so therefore, everything I had done up until that point was necessary to make me as good as I am at what I do now because I have a well-rounded approach to helping my clients and it's not just one dimensional. And so when we look at the individual things, like you said, we think success is supposed to come so quickly. Well, sometimes you got to go through those things where there isn't success just to get the experience, you know, and to understand what, right. And so then the success and the money comes, and that's what you were talking about. Some people have had three or four failed businesses before they get to the point where they have this huge success, but they probably needed all of those failed businesses to be the success that they end up being. Exactly. And we often don't see those failures and Mm -hmm. we don't see all of that experience that they've had before the success that we can see. Mm -hmm. So we get Mm -hmm. blindsided by that. And you think that, oh, I need to make my business grow to a million dollars in three months too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is not realistic for the majority of people. That's so true. So we've got growth. I put down when you were speaking, when we were listing this, I put growth without growth, which is like, you think that you're supposed to grow and, and scale your business, but you haven't done the personal growth development to fit into that. And then also I put the expectation that success comes quickly. That's another mistake that people make. Can you think of another one that someone that people make when they're making the transition? Another mistake that I think people are making is not doing things in a way that is authentic to them and like getting influenced by what other people are telling them they should do in order to be successful. For example, one of the strategies that I was told to do is called outreach, Mm -hmm. right? Many people say that it is the way to get the most clients. 
And for a while I did it and it was so unaligned with me that I felt frustrated and success didn't come through it. I didn't see any results through this strategy. So I decided to do things my own way, regardless of what other people were saying that I should do. And I definitely see more results when I'm being authentic to to who I am in the way that I run my business rather than following other people's ideas. Yes, I I completely agree with you in this way because um again, part of the program that I am oh you froze. Okay. <laughs> again, part of the program that um the project CEO program is identifying what I'm calling a blueprint um that allows you to really you can use it as a blueprint to create your own success strategies. And it's basically doing exactly what you said. People are going to tell you what they think should happen, how they think you should behave, how they think things should go. And you're going to also see people and want to do things the way they're doing them because you see the success like we just talked about. However, like you also said, you have to do things that are in line with who you are. They have to be in alignment with your authentic self in order for it to be sustainable. It's not going to work if you don't. And you're not, even if you were able to do it exactly the way you see someone else doing it, it's not going to to give you or yield the same outcomes. And a perfect example of that is I used to sell, like I said earlier, I used to sell Premier Designs jewelry. And I've told this story before on the podcast, but my upline, when they teach you how to get more bookings, they would tell you how to do this little exercise. And they would even tell you what to say to get the people to book. Well, I tried all of those things and I could not get my bookings to increase. And I found Mm -hmm. it was just uncomfortable. And like you said, it was out of alignment with my authentic self. So I was trying to do and say what they were telling me to do and say, but I was not seeing the same results. And then like you, I said, I'm going to do this my way and I'm going to see it. And I did it and I got so much better results because I was my authentic self. People resonated with me and it wasn't this robotic action that I was trying to do to get a similar result that I saw other people doing. So I love this. This is a great one. I mean, you've given us three amazing, amazing examples of mistakes that people are making in their transition. So thank you, girl. You are doing so good. All right, let's move on. Um, What did you find to be the key to your successful transition from career to entrepreneurship? So what was the thing you think that sort of solidified your transition? Was it mindset? Was it a, a client that just made you feel so good that you knew it was time to change? What was it? I think it was the moment when I realized that I finally hit the, or even surpassed, the amount that I was making at my old job. And I realized now this is it. Like this is this is the moment that I have been dreaming of for a while. Because as I said before, like I've always wanted to have my own business because one of my biggest dreams since I was a kid was to be able to travel. And when I discovered this whole notion of digital nomadism, I I was sure like, this is what I want to be. I want to run my business online and I want to be able to travel. And I had a threshold that I wanted to reach with my income in order to be able to travel. 
right? So once I surpassed the income that I was making at the school, I realized that, well, now this is it. That is the moment. Now I am free. I can travel. I am now a full-fledged digital nomad and freelancer. Awesome. So that that was the moment I knew, like, this is the line of work. Like, this is is what I want to do. Yes, I love that. I can't wait to get there, my friend. I'm almost there. I was just telling my husband this morning how I just recently got back from a trip to Cancun with some mm-hmm. girlfriends and I was just telling him how like this that's my dream as well like just to be able to work from anywhere to have the freedom to work as much or as little as I want because I've got a business running in the background and it's op- you know it can operate and I just see myself like you being a digital nomad like being able to I just want to go to visit a friend for a couple of weeks or let's go to Paris for the week you know or let's let's go travel to Turks and Caicos, you know, and spend some time, whatever. I just want to be able to do that. I agree. I tell my husband, I said, I was meant for luxury. Like, I think my life was built for luxury. I'm not supposed to be. (laughs) So, so Carolina, I just don't want to travel. I need luxury. I need luxury. (laughs) So I might have to work. Motivation. Yeah. I'm going to have to work a little harder, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm excited. Now, we've just talked about authenticity, and I really know that, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, there's that word again, authenticity, be your authentic self, be yourself, be authentic. Um, It is a buzzword. It is something that has, you know, been talked about. I personally don't think people know how to be authentic. I think that they're still faking it, right? (laughs) I think that they're still... They think authenticity means to put on the clothes that they want to put on and put on the makeup that they want to put on and fix their hair the way they want to fix their hair. But deep down inside, they're still conforming to what they what the world expects of them or they are imitating what they see other people doing to achieve the same level of success. And that's just not authenticity. Um so I, I still think that it's imperative to know truly what you need to do and be your best. So what are your thoughts on that? How, if at all, did you learn this lesson? And I want to know specifically what authenticity means to you. And then I also want to know, were you able to use your authenticity in your transition to make it easier? Mm-hmm. So this, this is a very deep question for me because there's, I think there are levels to mm-hmm. authenticity, mm-hmm. right? First of all, is what you said, right? The way like I am, I am just going to dress the way I want to dress and fix my hair the way I want to fix. And if I don't want to wear makeup, I'm not going to wear makeup, right? That is, that is, I think that is the first level to authenticity. Mm-hmm. But then it goes further, right? It goes to the point where you choose to do things your way and you stop caring about what other people think of you or whatever, what other people want you to do, right? So that is the next level. But then there's a third level, which is a very deep one. 
when you realize that maybe the things that you're working towards aren't the things that you want, but you think you are supposed to want them. And that, <laughs> I think that is the hardest level to it realize, that, you know, maybe you are in this, I don't know, corporate career and you think you want to get a promotion and become, you know, like a top level manager or something. It's different for everyone, right? But maybe it's not what you want. Maybe it's what you think you should want. And becoming authentic to yourself means that you realize like, this is, this is not what I really want. Maybe I just, you know, I want to do something completely different, right? I want to be an artist painting, painting something. Exactly. And you just go for what you want, regardless of what the society thinks you should be doing. Exactly. But I think getting there and realizing this, it, it takes time. It absolutely takes time. And I'm so glad that you gave us these levels of authenticity. And I am going to be doing a a YouTube video on them because that is fantastic. I And you're absolutely right. I think th that's kind of where I think people are getting it wrong. Even though we've talked about authenticity at nauseum, everybody's saying it, it is a buzzword. We're looking at it from a superficial level. We're looking at it as, well, on when I step out of my house, what you see is what I want you to see. Mm -hmm. That's me being authentic. I'm dressing the way I want to dress. My hair is the way I want it to be. If I want to wear eyelashes that look like butterflies, that is my business and I can do what I want to do. That is one level. That's a superficial level though. But if you want to, once you start to do the introspection, right? And you start questioning, you know, is this really, you know, kind of what I want to do or... Am I conforming to what I see society doing? And that's where I feel like imitation happens, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, where we see, oh, well, this person is on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and she's posting on LinkedIn, and she does YouTube videos every week, and she's got making X amount of money. So then you think that I have to do, that you have to do all of those same things. So you're conforming to this idea of success and what has to be done. You're imitating someone else. Mm -hmm. And you think so, but then you sort of realize, you know what? I cannot keep up. Like that's the second level. Like I'm gonna have to do something a little bit different. And then you start to realize, well, maybe I need to interpret what these people are doing instead of imitating it. So then you start looking at, how you can do things more in alignment with who with who you are, but maybe do some of the same things, maybe not at the same level or maybe not on all of the platforms, but I can do it as more of an interpretation, right? So that's the second level that I that I dub the societal level of authenticity. And then you have what you mentioned, I'm gonna dub the intimate level of authenticity and that's where you are like deep deep down and you're like wait a minute I don't even want to be an influencer I don't even know why I'm doing this yeah, I think that's, exactly that's like more of an intimate thing where you finally are like okay I, I am an adult and I can do whatever the heck I want to do and just because I am great at math 
And I love the logistics <laughs> of it all. Does not mean that I need to be a mathematician. I don't want to do that. That is an intimate level of authenticity that you shared with us. So I love that you you broke it down because that's exactly kind of what we're talking about inside the program. And it takes work. That third level, that intimate level, that takes some work that goes beyond reading a book or, you know, taking a program. So, you know, I think that you just uncovered something, girl. The way you said it was perfect. I think <laughs> you said it perfectly. Okay. So before I let you go, I have one last question for you. It's a question that I've been asking everyone in this series. I actually ask everyone that comes on the podcast because the name of the podcast is the CEO Mindset Podcast. And that stands for Constantly Evolving and being open to failing forward. So the questions are, what do you do to constantly evolve? How do you fail forward? Have you failed? And like, how did you fail forward? And then what are a few of the lessons that you learned along the way? So that's my final question or a series of questions. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I think we, we already touched a little bit on that when we talked about getting out of your comfort zone. Mm. And that is it always comes with fear and it always comes with like being open to failure, mm -hmm. right? Because you have to accept that you're going to feel uncomfortable and you have to accept the risk that you may fail, right? But I think in my transition, what happened is that from the beginning, like at the beginning, I didn't even know what the concept of failing forward was, mm -hmm. but I still applied it in my own way. <laughs> knowing that like I had I had this attitude from the beginning that I had to take the feedback that I was given to improve my work mm -hmm. and so one of my first clients which is a client that I'm still working with we've been working together for I don't even remember how much time <laughs> but they were one of my first clients and when I first started working with them, they had an editor go through my articles. And I saw the editor making changes to the text that I wrote. And it really hurt. Uh -huh. <laughs> it made me feel that my text wasn't good enough. So what I did was to ask the editor to give me feedback so I could make the changes to my text based on his feedback instead of him, him making changes. changes himself right because I thought that this way if he tells me like why the sentence is wrong and why he changed it this way by doing it improving on my own text with his feedback I could learn how to write better awesome and awesome yeah I think it helped me a lot yeah I became a much better writer through this through this experience. so in addition so just I mean you that was you evolving in addition to the failing, the failing forward, because you learned. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't what he wanted, you spoke up for yourself so that you could get the feedback and then do a better job the next time. I think that's a lesson that we can all we can all learn. I don't think people enjoy feedback. You know, I had a lady, uh, one of my editors 
that has edited some of my content, she, I told her, okay, okay, don't red pen it too much. You know, that's what I call it. You know, remember in school, yeah. like my, in school, the teachers would use a red pen if it was wrong. And I was like, don't red pen it too much. You know, you're messing with my ego here, you know, but you do learn. And um, that's a great, that's a great answer. I do appreciate you for being on the show, Carolina. You did such a great job and you've got such good information. I'm so excited to discuss working with you as a copywriter because I do have some projects coming up. So we'll see, girl. I love mutually beneficial activities. So listen, guys, if you are listening to this podcast, you have gotten a great lesson in what it means to constantly evolve and be open to feeling forward. Carolina has given us great advice on how we can transition from a nine to five to being an entrepreneur. But it does not stop here because she's also going to join me over on my YouTube channel. And we are going to be talking about different things you can do to create systems and workflows that can help you in this transition. And you're not going to want to miss that. So if you have not already, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's Andrea Patrick official over on YouTube and Carolina's video will be up after this then after this podcast uh, goes live. So make sure that you are a subscribed to the podcast. So, you know, when she when her um, video goes live and I mean, her podcast goes live and then also make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel. So, you know, when her video drops, thank you so much for joining me again, Carolina. I really appreciate you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys, that does it for today. Remember the goal here with this podcast is to help you constantly evolve and be open to failing forward. That is a mindset that is important in this life, especially if you are looking to grow, to be successful in life, career, or business, because things happen and we've got to constantly evolve and be open to the failures. So until next time, enjoy the rest of your week. This is Andrea Patrick, your host. Bye guys. That does it for today's episode of the CEO Mindset Podcast. Remember, this is the place to be to find the intersection between your personal life and your business life so that they coexist. It's also where you learn how to consistently evolve and be open to the failures that happen, be open to the opportunities, be open to the opportunity for change. Make sure you are subscribed. Leave your comments below about today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, I want to hear all about them. And I want to hear how you are using what you hear to grow your business, live the life you love, and have that quality of life that we are all looking to achieve. All right, guys, don't forget to follow me over on Instagram, AF Patrick. Definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel, Andrea Patrick Official. All the links that you need to continue following and being a part of the BU Boss Squad community is listed in the show notes, along with any other links that I think might be amazing for this particular podcast. Remember, we are on all the podcast uh, platforms. So if you have not already, find us and subscribe. See you again next week.